We are coming to you with the unspoken words. This is a Red Road Perspective. With humility, experience, reflection, and that unique style of indigenous humor, we discuss the issues that affect our mind, body, spirit, and emotional well-being as natives in recovery. Wobriety. Community, accountability, transparency, and service work. Uh, hope. Hey, all right all right all right unspoken yeah. words episode 63 is in the house yeah oh yeah oh yeah over here to my right he is the resident sensei johnny jc lawrence your favorite Indian, JCB in the house. And over here to my left, all the way from LG, he ain't even trying to preach. It's the pod Gotti, Randy B in the place to be. Yo, 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 yo. Hello, hello. And you know me, <laughs> the Street Chief Messiah XBIA Firefighter. I'll steal your lighter. Josiah Mo Fire Mo Hugs. Glad to be here. Hey, bone saws ready. What you gonna do, brother? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Bone saw. Bone saws ready. The macho man Randy Savage. Hey, is that guy dead? I think he passed away a while ago. Oh, a while ago. R I P. Did you ever watch that um the dark side of the ring or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you watching? Cute. <laughs> <Pew>. Yeah. <laughs> We bringing that here. <laughs> we inside of a church here. This man. is PG. PG. We keep it a PG. Dark sided ring. Talk about taking a left turn with no blinker, bro. Uh, no. What Ooh. do you mean, ring? Remember, they have those old. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> so when a no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, those those. Uh, a man loves a woman. <laughs> when a man and a woman are in love. No, they have those um those dark like those horror stories from the wrestling circuit or whatever. Yeah, like people ODing and like oh yeah, I don't know, going all crazy and stuff. I don't think I've watched one like that, but I mean I've watched similar stuff like where the the original Ultimate Warrior like OD'd and died, and they just got a new person like didn't say anything to anybody. Just replaced him. Just replaced him, and like they show video of like the Ultimate Warrior and the eight late. 80s and then like in the early 90s totally different person really i didn't know that yeah because they they had uh they're like an hour long it's like a series Mm -hmm. and they had one with ultimate warrior but i didn't really watch it i'm gonna have to check it out maybe they'll say something about that yeah because like the i think yeah you got to see it it's like totally different i think he might have overdid it on steroids or od'd on drugs or something yeah but man those guys them dudes got some problems, bro. Ooh, yeah, they got some rough stories. Oh, uh, I bet, man. Just like travel around the country partying all the time. 
all them steroids and cocaine and drugs and booze and mm-hmm. getting hit in the head with chair. What? What? <laughs> okay, he looks, he Sounds like my old Saturday nights. <laughs> I'm like, dog, what are you? He's talking, what are you? <laughs> if you see his face light up all of a sudden. <laughs> what? Spit it out. Where's this at? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, God, that sounds fun. <laughs> like my old man. Just, just the regular Saturday night back in the day. <laughs> oh, that was Monday for me. <laughs> That was Monday at noon. Jeez. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I think Randy B got some jokes for us. He's got jokes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But this is episode 63, the Cody Clark episode. Oh, yeah, Cody Clark. Cody, Cody Clark. Clark. Which uh, one was the referee? Derek Richardson. Derek Richardson. Shout out to you, official. DR, the he's doctor. A, he's a bum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Call it both ways. Call it both ways. Yes, sir. Call it both ways, ref. Is it? Is he? Uh, okay. First one. You guys ready? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Number one. What time did the man go to the dentist? Tooth thirty. Tooth thirty. Oh, tooth thirty. <laughs> yes. Uh, Oh, Classic. That that was cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the point, though? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yo, yo. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. These are kind of stupid. No, it's all good. Why did the Clydesdale give the pony a glass of water? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> because he was a little horse. Don't <laughs> 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 you come in my teepee and ask spurs, little big man? <laughs> What did you say? Spurs? Spurs. <laughs> I was trying to. I was in the middle of laughing. Sorry, sorry. Try out your spurs, little big man. This <laughs> guy. <laughs> Dark ring, now spurs. I already know where this episode's going. Spurs in the ring. Spurs in the ring. <laughs> Okay. All right. <laughs> Come and lay on my furs, little big man. Uh-huh. <laughs> spurs. <laughs> Come try out your spurs, little big man. What's up with you tonight? <laughs> now you know why. This why is a PG we- show. <laughs> Valentine's is approaching. He's feeling a little frisky. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so hit us up. JC's most, val- uh, most eligible. Day. Bachelor, we rebuke that lust right now. (laughs) 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 Number 13. (laughs) Okay, this is for all the church folks. How do you make holy water? Oh, you boil the hell out of it. Yes, ding, 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 ding. Swing low, sweet chariot. 
Coming, me home. I did, I still think that number two is fire. Little horse. That was good. That was good. Is that it? Come no, on. hold on. No, on. I'm still reading. Oh, you're looking for the good one, huh? Yeah. I know I highlighted it. I don't think anything beats Camara Diaz. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> Camara Diaz. <laughs> oh. I'm sorry, guys. Tough crowd. Tough crowd. Tough crowd. Oh, yeah. I made up a dad joke the other day. Ahead, me and my it. son were driving. So, um, <clears throat> Minnie Mouse loves soda. Where does she like to enjoy her pop? In what state? Minnesota? Yeah, ah. Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> What's Forrest Gump's password? Oh. <coughs> Jenna. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Forrest Gump's password? Little Force. <coughs> Chocolates. <coughs> Excuse me. One Forest One. <laughs> I asked my dad for his best dad joke and he said You ah, I knew that was it. I knew that was it. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> that was too harsh. <laughs> uh, I guess that's it. Huh. Sorry guys I'm not on my dad Tonight's episode is brought to you by Pure Water That cool refreshing drink Pure 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 I don't know what it is Are you Pure fruits Vegetables to make a salsa Or reduction Salsa. <laughs> oh my. Hey. Oh, I almost started oh. dancing there. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Um, you guys kind of feeling warmed up? Yeah, it always reminds me of um, remember La Bamba when they when they're having that party. Oh yeah. Well, just the a hole. Oh, yeah. He's the one with all the money. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I do believe he said No What did he Yeah you said He said Oh man I can't remember But he did say You're the ass With all the money Yeah Something I don't know Yeah that's what I he can said. see the scene Right now And it's just both of them Richie <laughs> Balance Not R-P-G. Richie Yep R.I.P. R.I.P. Um. Yeah. No, I was thinking of something, but uh, yeah. No, it's pretty crazy today. Um, in today's day and age, y'all be careful out there. Yes, sir. Wash your hands. Wear your mask. Um, stay safe. Just stay safe. Yeah, just stay safe. Do your research, and if you find it fitting to take the vaccine, take the vaccine. Um, if that's in your best interests. But I recommend you do your research. 
Um, so on that note, are you guys ready to go into our main topic for this evening? Yes, sir. All right. Well, DJ, why don't you hit me with that beat? Yo, let's get into our topic. Yo, let's get into our topic. It was just my imagination once again. Running away with me. Ooh, just my imagination. Ooh. Running away with me. <laughs> I know that part. Ooh. Uh, no, I was listening to Temptations today. I was in a temptation kind of mood. So I was jamming out some gem- Temptations this afternoon while I was working. Just mm. blasting them in my headphones. Man, I wish I could do that. Every night on my knees, I pray. Um, Dear Lord. That's a, I forgot the next line. I went blank. Anyway, you guys got that on DVD or Blu-ray, one of you? No, I got it on my um, Amazon. Oh, you do? Oh, you can like, buy it on there? Yeah, that's like one of my like most favorite. Love that show. I think that's probably, yeah, La Bamba, Temptations yeah. are like yep. up there. For sure. One Same my, here. Never even watched it. Like one of my, you haven't? Don't lie. No. You gotta watch Liar! You <laughs> <laughs> <He> lie. <laughs> That's what I said. You lie. Lie. Didn't even finish the sentence. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's on Amazon. I'm gonna go home and buy it tonight. Yeah, it is on Amazon. All it's right. on like Stars or Showtime or one of those ones. It's always on, or not always, but it comes on every once in a while. But I've never sat down and like checked it out. Yeah, it's a really good show. I like is it, it that Fighting Temptations? Is that the one? No, 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 no. That's no, a no. good one, too. But That's a good... It's, oh, okay. I think it's that's The Temptations. I think that's the one I was thinking of. Yeah, Fighting Temptations. That's a good show, too. Yeah. I like your soundtrack. So, anyway, episode 63, Unspoken Words. We're going to get into... We're going to do this series in 2020 plus two pennies. Uh, once a month. 42. <laughs> <laughs> once a month, we're going to talk about a step. So today we're going to talk about, since it's the first month of the year, we're going to talk about step one today in this episode. And then once a month in February, first week, probably we'll talk about step two. Um, And just kind of give our perspective on step one this evening. And I'm just going to go over here. And I'm just going to read um, what it says for each, for the step from the Wellbriety and from the 12 Steps. Of AA. Um, so, while Bridie, step one calls us to honesty. We admitted we are powerless over alcohol, drugs, that we had lost control of our lives. And very similar wording. Um, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol and that our lives had become unmanageable. That's the AA wording for step one. <clears throat> And for me, I guess I will just kind of go around the horn and just kind of share our experiences with step one and how we came when we admitted we were powerless over drugs and alcohol. 
and our lives are out of control or less manageable. So for me, <clears throat> when I finally, I think I shared it before, but I was on a ripper. I had planned to drink. Um, this was 2014. That uh, fall, going into the fall, September, right around there, end of September, and got into argument with the wife. Pushed the argument till I got kicked out so I could go drink. And the plan was to go get nice and wasted that night and come back the next day. It was a Saturday. Left, bought two half a G's, bought two 30 packs, went out to the res, drank with my cousin. And then <clears throat> next thing I know, I was coming to, it was Thursday. And I'd been like in and out of a blackout for, you know, those Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I woke up in the afternoon and that scared the crap out of me. And so I went outside <clears throat> and then, you know, mind you, I've been wearing the same clothes this whole time. <laughs> I'm filthy by this time. Uh, my hair, I used to have long hair. It was all jacked up, you know, probably on the brink of dreadlocks. And I go sit outside <clears throat> and they smoke a cigarette and I, you know, there was some vodka there, and I woke up, and I took a couple blasts, and I went and sat outside, and then my wife pulls up as I'm smoking a cigarette. She walks up, and she has a bag of clothes, and she gives them to me. And she's standing there, and she's just, like, pissed. I could just see it, you know, seeping out of her pores and her eyeballs, like, mad beyond belief. And she says, what's wrong with you? And I remember I'm sitting there, like, just on this, um, like a, big piece of wood like because uh, my cousin had a fireplace he had all this wood sitting outside so I just sitting on that wood and then like I just looked down and I said I don't know what's wrong with me and for me what I was really saying is I agree there's something wrong with me but I don't know and I just started crying in that moment <clears throat> I started crying really hard bawling because I had finally admitted that I had a problem when she asked me, what's wrong with you? And I said, I don't know. I admitted in that moment to myself that I had a problem. After <clears throat> lying to myself for over a decade that I didn't have a problem. And just kind of the relief of that, <clears throat> just like brought tears to my eyes. And the fear of that, you know, being in that blackout for those five days. And I was just bawling. And then, so then, um, started the process of going to treatment that time. The first time around, I uh, got to treatment and I read. <clears throat> um, I got there. They had me the first step book. And they said, they had me a bunch of other paperwork. They filled this paperwork out. And then when you're done, if we're not back yet, read this book. And then we should be back by then. And they bounced and they left me in this room by myself. This was at Crystal Creek Lodge in Browning, Montana. And so I filled out the paperwork, grabbed that book, and I started reading. And on the first page, it said, <clears throat> um, the first step book said, um, your life had become unmanageable, you're powerless over alcohol. <coughs> um, if you can admit to this and say yes to this, then you are an alcoholic. And right there, my mind just went boom. I was just like, oh, that's what's wrong with me. And just from a few months earlier, I didn't know what was wrong with me. I couldn't pinpoint it. So I was an alcoholic. 
<clears throat> and that was my pink cloud. And I rode that through, um, rode that through treatment. But <clears throat> just that initial, like, knowing for me was so kind of relieving. I was like, oh, now I know what's wrong with me. Now I can be honest with myself. Now I can quit lying to myself. I do have a problem. That was just so huge for me. Um, and I'm thankful that I finally admitted it. You know, I didn't didn't have to go any further. Um, I eventually, uh, I, I did go back out from my first treatment stint after about seven months of recovery. Or seven months of being sober. Just being sober, I went back out. Um, <clears throat> but I'll stop there. And I'll open it up to these two fine gentlemen to share a little bit of their first step story. Not all at once. <laughs> you know, I was sitting there thinking then, um, I, I knew that, that, I, that I was powerless and that my life had become unmanageable a long time before I ever stopped or even thought about it. Um, wholeheartedly and I think that's the for me that's that was the key right like do did I admit it I mean to acknowledge it and then to admit it I think are two different things for me because you know going through the treatment and then you know I got one of those booklets too having to do the first step in, in, a, in a workbook kind of thing yeah and uh and and I was being honest and you know the truth hit me right in the face I'm really like like one of the first times I really remember being impacted by it so hard is when you have to write that letter to your, uh, for us, it was a drug of choice, right? Yeah. And they had all these things inside the, the treatment center that some looked like, uh, like a white powder or like they had little crystals and they had whiskey bottles. But for me, I picked out that, that 22 ounce bottle, empty bottle of, um, oldie mm-hmm. because, you know, I, I used to drink those all the time. Yeah, and uh, and I read my letter to that bottle, and I and I didn't, you know, I didn't think it would be like that. Like, man, I started like st- I started crying. Yeah, like, man, this is this is real. But even then, I I have to say that that was all lip service. Mm. I mean, maybe at the time I was sincere. Yeah, but I don't think I put everything into it. Right, like I didn't, I wasn't into it wholeheartedly. Yeah. Um, so like admitting or acknowledging it and admitting it was two different things. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I was, I got locked up when I finally said, okay, this is enough is enough. Um, there's only, well, one other thing that could happen to me at that point, and that was to die. I'd already been locked up Yeah, several times over and over and over. Yeah. And that was that re- realization where, yes, this, I, I, I have to admit it. Because if I don't, and I don't do it wholeheartedly and not do this lip service kind of thing and try to get, you know, all right, I'll just do it so I can get out of jail, go to treatment, blah, 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 <coughs> you know, placate those that are around me. Yeah. Um. And, you know, hopefully I'll come out better on the other side. No, I had to do, I had to, I had to look inside myself and say, hey, this is what it is. You And, and this is the way it's going to be. And you're going to die. If you don't do mm. something about it, 
Mm-hmm. And not only that, but think about all the people that I've hurt yeah. right now, right as I'm sitting there in that cell, there are people outside in the world who are hurting because of the things that I did. Mm-hmm. And, and the way I acted and the things that I said, and that's when it, that's when I said, okay, all right, I, that's it. You know, um, I think that was my turning point as far as admitting it, like truly, truly coming to terms with that. Like, and, and I mean, I don't want to repeat myself, but acknowledging it and admitting it were two different things for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ditto. <laughs> it's, that's profound. <laughs> no, but like after hearing your guys' story, I, I kind of... I'm thinking about mine because mine was like a different route, but still same. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't work the steps and I didn't go through. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think, like, when I look back on it, I I knew that I was powerless. Um, My heart couldn't take it no more. My body couldn't take it. Overdosing. Mm. Um, In and out of the hospital the last few months. Uh, because of my heart. And, but I think, like, the moment that I knew, like, was that, like, even as high as I was that that February, that Saturday, like, I knew, like, I had to change my situation because mm-hmm. I had already lost everything that I cared about. You know, I was just running around um, empty, didn't have a family, didn't have you know, mm. what I had before then. And somehow, like, I, I knew that I had to make it a treatment that day because the weekend before I got thrown in by the U.S. Marshals at court, um, up until that point, like, I didn't really care. <clears throat> and I remember sitting in the jail when I got thrown in, and I had an epiphany, like, all the dopes hitting me at this point, and I look up in the booking area, and there's these bubbled, um, bubbled roof like it, it's glass, kind of like plexiglass, like a skylight. Yeah, like a skylight, but they're they're big, you know, institution style. And I remember looking up there, and then like I could see that, and then but behind it is like a gray institution wall, um, brick. Or the cinder block, remember? Mm. And I looked at it and I go, I was like, man, I remember like clear as day having this thought, like this could be my life forever or I could change. Like, man, I was like super high. Mm. Like you got to realize like I was smoking. I wasn't a smoker, but that night, like I didn't want to run out too fast and I didn't want to show up to court like super spun out and I also didn't want to leave my dope with the girl that I was with at the time <laughs> mm-hmm. so I took her out to the garage and about like in the evening time like 5, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock that evening and just sat in my car and smoked mm. um, my court was at 9 dude I was in I think I got done smoking at like 8.45 8.50 Mm. In the morning Smoked all night um, Spent the last five minutes Like just getting rid of all my stuff 
and it didn't hit me yet because you know what I mean like I just remember like there was so much that we were just taking turns like I wouldn't even get done blowing out all everything and they would come back to me like <clears throat> so I did like so much that it never hit me yet and when I got in, in the courtroom then it hit me like the court was a blur turn around and the US Marshals are there go down there and I have this epiphany like as high as I was it was like this can be the rest of your life or you could change and I'm like man like I remember like man I want to change like I don't want to I've never tried being sober like I've never gave it everything that I had and at the point at that time like I can honestly say like I wasn't seeking sobriety forever mm. I was seeking sobriety until I got off paper <laughs> yeah you know, I was mad that I got caught. Yep. Um, and if I'm being honest, I was having fun. I wasn't, I didn't come willingly. I came because I had to, because I was headed to two places, either dead or in jail. And as cliche as that sounds, that's really where I was. So that Super Bowl weekend, I spent, like I knew I had to leave that day. Super Bowl Sunday came. Like, I remember I wasn't having a good time. It was a horrible day. Got our drugs, got our alcohol. But still, like, had everything that we wanted, but it was still miserable, you know? Mm-hmm. And that night I was dropping my, well, that morning, like, 6 in the morning, I was dropping my friend off, and she was crying. But I just knew that I had to go to treatment that day. Mm-hmm. So I went and slept for a few hours, woke up, did the last of my dope, had my MD. I made sure that I had a full MD. And I drove myself to treatment. But I knew, like, like at the time, I remember, like, I'd never tried going sober with everything that I had before. But I wanted to, like, I just wanted to please the courts and everything at that point. But I knew something had to change, and it wasn't really until, like, I came back for another court date. In April of that year, 2015, like two months after being sober, and I remember coming for that court date <clears throat> and met with one of my friends, and he was like, man, you have to make a choice. Either, you know, do this or you don't. And there was no in-between. Yeah. And the whole time, like, I was praying. I'm like, man, all right. And I jumped back in my car, and I was going back to Wyoming, And in the middle of nowhere, like, I remember just this thought coming, like, and I'm like, God, like, you got to let me know that I made the right move. Yeah. You have to let me know. And Mm -hmm. by then, the the sun was coming down, and and I was too tired, so I pulled over in Casper, Wyoming, and I slept. And I woke up, like, mega early, like, 4 or 5 in the morning. It wasn't even Casper. It was a couple. Like, it was like a dinky town before Casper. It was like one of those little highway motels. Um, outside of Casper, and I made it. And that morning, I drove. I woke up at like four or five in the morning, and I drove myself to treatment. And I went back, and as soon as I walked into that treatment facility, it was like seven o'clock in the morning. Mm. And I opened up that door, and dude, every 
single man at that table like jumped up and came rushing to me. And they were like, man, we thought you weren't coming back. I thought you would never come back. And that was the way that God answered me the previous day. When I was like, God, you have to let me know that I made the right move. Because up until this point, I had never been celebrated anywhere. Nobody wanted me around. My family didn't want me around. My ex-wife didn't want me around. My, You know what I mean? Like yeah. everybody that were near and dear to me, they did not want me around because I was trouble. Yep. But them men sitting at that table doing Bible study, getting up and coming and wrapping me in love awesome. was an answer from God for me. Mm. Because I remember leaving Billings and I just kind of like had this peace in my heart and I was just, God, you have to show me that I did the right thing. Mm. Mm -hmm. Because I, up until that point, I wasn't fully sold out. Like I had already gotten kicked out of the treatment. Like I got into it with the pastor and everything, bro. Like... <laughs> <laughs> like I, I was kicking and screaming Yeah I wasn't ready to be sober Like I wanted to please the courts I didn't want to be sober Yeah Um. But it was then like Man something inside my heart just turned Like I, like even now like when I look back I'm like That day when, when my prayer was answered and, and every man like got up and came and gave me a hug And man were genuinely happy that I was there Mm-hmm it was a work inside of me. Like something deep down, like in my heart, like it changed. Yeah. And I was like, man, I'm, no I'm not going to resist. Whatever they have to say, I'm going to take it in. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I'm here to learn. I'm, and this is two months into being sober, bro. Yeah. Like two months into my treatment. And I decided to stay. But that's when I knew like, man, like I had no control over anything. Mm. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I understood that I couldn't do drugs. Like, I understood that I couldn't drink alcohol. I understood that I couldn't partake in my previous lifestyle. Whatever yeah. it entailed. Because I had no power. But I needed my relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. Um. And that's when I knew, like two months into my sobriety. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I feel that because, like, I don't like I've said it before. I don't know if I said it on the podcast, but like, my rock bottom was while I was in treatment. Yeah. Like I was like, I think halfway through or almost done. Like I was because <clears throat> I did day treatment the last time I did treatment, so that was like. 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Saturday. And then Sundays I got to, like, just chill. And so I just, like, <clears throat> I arranged it so I could have my kids. And, like, I'd have my kids those days, you know, with, like, kind of, like, supervised visits. Anyway, so I'm playing with my kids, and we're in the living room. Um, <clears throat> and we're just playing with their toys and laughing and going on and carrying on and drawing and watching cartoons and just having a good old time, you know, just with my kids and sitting on the floor in the living room all afternoon. And, and then it just hit me. I was like, man, I could have been doing this. Instead of out there drinking these past four or five years. Yeah. I could have been doing this and sitting down with them and enjoying them. 
being intentional with them. And that was my rock bottom. And when that hit me, as I was sitting there, <clears throat> man, I, I, I started crying. But I fought back the tears just because, like, you know, I didn't want to scare them because uh, we were laughing and carrying on, and I just kind of choked that down. And then, But I didn't, like, I didn't run from it or anything, but I just, in the moment I just kind of held back. And later on, I shed some more tears, and I shared it when I went back to treatment and group and stuff. So that was my rock bottom <clears throat> there. And that was like, you know, like three, two, three weeks into my recovery. That was my rock bottom right there. I was just like, bang. And I think, like, there's no, there's this, like, recovery is not like a cookie-cutter thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, like, my experience, all three of our experiences here have been very, very different. Um, but the outcomes is is what we the want. The same. The same. I, I, I get that, too, because, you know, from that first day when I, when I finally said, okay, I give up. And, and then, you know, like, I told the story about Christmas Eve yeah. and, and that their Bible study. Mm-hmm. And, and like, well, how did you say, uh, um, celebrated or what it when you walked in the door yeah like i'd never been celebrated yeah before and, yeah. and, and that, I, I was always i was always the person that you didn't want to be around yeah because of the energy that i was on you know <laughs> what i mean i was always like yeah yeah no i feel you. oh you say something let's do something you know what <laughs> i mean like just pure negative and so yeah so that was maybe four or five days after um like my my uh my last day of drinking and then same with you. It was like my rock bottom, or you said too. Like, wasn't till a couple. Like, mine wasn't until, and I told you guys this story too about being locked up in the shoe mm-hmm. by myself. Yeah. And this was about a year in. But mm. and, and that I think was not only that first day, but that experience was the one thing that finally, you know, like I. I Oh man, it was one of the hardest things I ever went through, you mm-hmm. know. And, and I, like I said, man, I I cried for two or three days. I don't even know how long it was. It was more than one, but it wasn't a week. Yeah. Um. But and being alone like that with just my own thoughts, I I know that's when I realized I truly, truly understood that God was with me. Yeah. And <clears throat> feeling that. So, uh, just so low, so powerless, so you know, because everything's just hitting me all at once. And then to like cleanse myself that way, I think that's what it was. Mm-hmm. It was like a cleansing. And then after that, like all this stuff started coming in, you know. Mm-hmm. And 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 like i said before maybe maybe these things were happening before and i was just closed off to it because my mind wasn't truly made up uh, yet yeah and i didn't see it or i didn't hear it or i didn't you know maybe i i didn't want to but this time it was like wow you know that 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 was when i i think that was the day i started to come up yeah yeah leveled up yeah and then started and then started growing from there but I mean, I. It, but it it wasn't like we like you said. It wasn't cookie cutter. It wasn't like this certain. Okay, if I do A, then certain B, formula. Yeah. Yeah. Then B will happen, and mm-hmm. then when I get to B, then C. No, huh? It was like 
I kind of coasted for that first year. Mm-hmm. And I'm, and I'm truly grateful for being where I was mm-hmm. because had I not been, it was, I, I was so weak. I, I, so powerless. I would have been, you know, I would have been right back. Yeah. If yeah. they would have said, okay, well, go ahead and go and, and do probation or whatever like that. Mm-hmm. I had never made it, but I had, to, I had to go through that. I had to go through my process just like you guys had to go through yours. And then I always, you know, it always just amazes me how, when, you know, listening to your stories, you know, some of the people that we've had in here, mm-hmm. that there was always that point, that one turning point, and you can kind of hear it, Dave. Yeah. We don't explicitly say it. Like, we kind of did just now because we, I think we yeah. probably, we've probably thought about it, right? Yeah. But when you listen to other people, and I think we can hear that without them even having <laughs> to tell us, like, there was that one point where... Maybe we came to that crossroads before several different times, mm-hmm. but we just didn't go. Um, we didn't cross. Yeah, we didn't choose the right road. Yeah, right. And and I think for me personally, I've had that. I've seen that. I mean, looking back, I can see where I've come to that crossroads. Come to that crossroads, and yet I kept going the wrong way. Yeah, and then for whatever reason, um, I was ready to go the right way. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's just uncanny. Like God forgives, and God is full of grace, and God will always be there, even though I didn't, you know, mm-hmm. um, acknowledge Him as much as I should have. It never gave up on me. Yes, sir. And <clears throat> I think like everything that's happened, you know, to me, all the bad choices I've made. Um, I wouldn't say it happened for a reason, but they definitely, my ability to learn from them has put me in a better position today. Um, and, you know, some people, I mean, by definition, I think that's called wisdom, learning from your mistakes to not repeat them. Yeah. Um, so that's like a big part, too, is like <clears throat> learning your patterns. Uh, I made a post and I shared it with you guys uh, within our within our group, the talking circle but like you know yesterday i was just kind of really missing my dad and everything like really bad like hardcore yesterday was your birthday yeah, yeah yesterday was Damn, happy birthday, birthday bro. bro uh who 50 years old the day. How old are you 52 53 <laughs> <laughs> and anyway uh, then like um anyway so that like <laughs> that emotion that grief that sadness was strong yesterday even though it was my birthday uh, because my dad and uncle were like the only ones that ever in my adult life, right away in the morning, they would call me. Um, but they've both passed on now. And <clears throat> this is the first, um, my, my first birthday without having my dad. And that just hit me yesterday morning pretty hard, That knowing that my dad wasn't going to be calling me. Uh-uh. It was tough. And yeah. so, um, but I had to deal, I had to deal and feel with it. And, um, and I dealt and felt with it all day long, prayed about it, talked to others about it, talked, talked with my mother with, about it and, you know, and then got through it. And at the end of the day, I was like, yeah, I, and I was able to go through that and I didn't use. So I was happy yes, about that. Come on. I didn't turn to drugs, I didn't turn to alcohol, I didn't turn to anything. I just doubted and felt, and I turned to my, my creator, I turned to Akbar Atiyah. 
and I turned to my people um, that are in my corner that I was that <clears throat> that I wanted to reach out to. And so, where in the past, whenever I was faced with anything difficult like that or um, stress, something huge, faced with difficult situations that are faced with a difficult choice, I would run and run for the hills um, and start <clears throat> start using, start neglecting my responsibilities and sabotage everything um sabotage everything that was going good for me so today you know being able to recognize that and just you know use my tools and um but it all began it all began with just admitting that i had a problem yes uh for far too long up until that point i was always like okay you know my elders my parents my older siblings are like don't drink because Alcoholism runs in the family. We're alcoholics. You're just going to become one too if you drink and blah, blah, blah. So then my mentality was like, I'm not as weak as you are. I'm not, I'm not as weak as you are. I can drink and have a career. I can drink and have, get a degree. I can drink and have a family. I'm not as weak as you are. And that was like the biggest, stupidest lie I ever told myself. Yes. Um, when I, <laughs> they were warning me not to go down that road. And I'll just open it up to you too. Would that ever you feel like is on your hearts? But that's that's the thing though, isn't it? That that um that that deception, that lie. Like, <laughs> you know, uh man, because I, I I did that same thing, man. I always lying to myself, always telling my myself, you know, coming up with excuses. And I must have had so many because even now I can't rem- I did like I didn't have a go to like you know something that you're always repeating something that you're always telling yourself I was so full of shit I I could tell myself something different every day yeah and and that would be enough to keep me locked up in that in that personal prison <coughs> and I and I was just thinking about this today too after after having an experience with somebody who had mentioned, you know, this is like a prison job. You know, I I was locked up before I ever went to prison. I was already, I was already imprisoned in myself. Yeah. And and that's, that's self-imposed. Yeah. And, and I know this sounds cliche too, but I had to be locked up to be set free. Yeah. And, but their truer words have never been spoken. And, you know, um, I think part of me kind of go, you know, is, is in line with what Josiah said too. Like I, admitting it would be saying that, oh, you are weak or you don't have control. And, you know, and that's not something, you know, especially as men, right? We don't want to do that. We don't want to yeah. say, uh, you know, I got this, you know, I, I can handle this or, you know, it's just me. I'm not hurting anybody else. Or, you know, all these other lies that that we tell ourselves but but what i've learned and i've learned this the hard way is that being vulnerable is a strength like everybody you know that old rem song everybody hurts sometimes you know what i mean that's just a, it's a cheesy corny song but i love it and 
that's it's the truth, you know. Um, but I think that was part of it, you know. Was not if I admit to one thing. And here's the thing, okay. So if I admit to the one thing, that means I have to admit to all the other bullshit that went that I went through, that I did. Yep. So, and that includes being weak. And 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 for me personally, like I, I don't want to say that I was weak. I just gave up my power, the power that was bestowed upon me by my Creator. Oh. Right. Like, um. I, I I was given strength and and resilience and power and and all these abilities to do great things mm-hmm. and for a badia, but I I gave it up. I gave it up and I gave it to something else, mm. and so therefore I wasn't. It wasn't at my disposal. It wasn't for me to use it. Now and then I just took it back. Taking back your power. Taking back your power. Because, like I said, you know, it, it goes back to what I'm always saying about, you know, nobody can make you do anything, mm-hmm. right? Nobody can make you mad. Nobody can make you sad. Nobody can make you happy. Nobody can make you embarrassed. Those are things that we choose. Um, you know, like uh, one example that a counselor once gave me was, think of somebody you don't like. Now, how are you feeling? And I could feel resentment and anger and, mm. oh, I just want to choke that person, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then they think, well, and then she said, well, think of it this way. That person is not even here and they're pulling your strings. Mm. They could be a thousand miles away and they still got you because you gave up your power. But now you can take it back. That's a choice. You ask, you ask your higher power, I need you. And then you can take your power back. But you have to go through that vulner, that vulnerability. Powerful. Power. Wonderworks <laughs> in power. In the blood. In the blood. Of, of the, the land. land. Of the land. Hey-ha, hey-ha, hey-ha. That felt good. I know why you guys do that. I'm going to drop from now on. He's in round four. He's in round four. Where's my switch? Where's my switch? I mean, I I think, like, if we're being honest with ourselves, that's, we do have to come to that point, though. Of, of like, it's, kind of tired of fighting mm. you know fighting your head fighting inside of your head fighting yourself yeah. arguing with yourself battling yourself yep and it comes to a point like i know for me like where i just got tired of, of being um so combative but like once i fully surrendered Everything just seemed to click, you know? I remember for the first couple of years, like, I didn't even, like, for the first, I would say for the first five years, I don't think until about two, three years ago that I really kept count of my years. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was year five where, I'm like, I had to look back in the calendar. Like, even now, like, I'm not even sure of the exact date. I just know it was Super Bowl Sunday. The day after when I finally stopped using. 
Um, that was more like a mental. Because my aunt said to me one time, she goes, why are you always counting? She's like, and, and this is how it was like to me, and this is what worked for me. Like, it's mm-hmm. not going to work for everybody. But she was like, why are you always counting? Because you're only counting down the days until your last, your next use. You know, for me, that struck a chord with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, because up until then, I would, man, I think the longest I've ever made it was like right around six month mark. You know, and I remember I was happy. I was like, man, Auntie, I got like seven months, six months. Mm-hmm. And she was like, man, that's cool, but why are you always keeping track? Yeah. You're only counting down the days until you next use. And then that's always stuck with me. I didn't stay sober that time, but I got, I finally got to the point inside myself where I just like got tired of fighting, fighting yeah. family, fighting like whatever. Everything was a fight. And I laid it down, and man, like something inside my heart just slipped. Mm-hmm. And I remember like getting to the six month mark, and then like man, like seeing somebody passing a year, and I'm like, man, he got six months on me. I'm like, that's cool. Like, I've never tasted a year before. I wonder what it's like. Mm-hmm. Next, next thing you know, like, dude, like I was just thinking about it earlier this week. I'm like, about, I think. <laughs> My seventh year anniversary, I'll be in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. You know, and I never thought this life would be possible seven years ago. Mm. But it all started with admitting, like, yo, like, I can't do this without a real relationship with God. You know, I needed that. And this verse always stuck with me. This Deuteronomy in two, he said, I led you into the wilderness to humble you, to teach you, and to prove you, to see where your heart's at, would you follow my commandment or not? Mm. And there's also a verse in the New Testament, Mark 6 and 31. Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he says, come with me by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. Mm. And the word deserted and the word wilderness in the Hebrew and the word deserted in the Greek they both mean the same thing. Mm. They both mean a barren place come by yourself alone where it's lonely, where it's cold, where it's uncomfortable. Mm. And for me, like, I remember at the time, I'm like, man, like, I'm in Riverton, Wyoming, and everything and everybody that I love is in Montana. Mm. And I'm out here in the desert. Mm. I don't know anybody. I'm not from here. Mm. I'm not comfortable here. Mm-hmm. I don't even like it here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I almost left. Yeah, bro. Like <laughs> I fought to even like I fought with the pastor and freaking got kicked out. And on my way out, one of my friends like talked sense to me. But like you think about that, like that really happened in my life, and that's where my relationship with God started. Mm-hmm. Like the real relationship, not the one. Where it's an act. Mm. Not the one where it's a performance. Mm-hmm. But the one that's saying, God, I'm your son. Yeah. And I love you whether things are going good or whether they're going bad. Mm-hmm. You are gonna, you are my dad and I'm going to stick with you no matter what. So here's all my ugliness. 
Here's all my brokenness. And you do what you feel you have to do. Mm. You know what I mean? It was when I came to that reality and understood that God could handle all of me and still love me, that's when I realized, like, I had a real relationship with my higher power. Mm-hmm. And everything changed. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. I get changed. Yep. Like, I, I woke up feeling different. I woke up with a desire and a hunger. Like, there was this thing gnawing at me that... I couldn't get enough of the word of God. I couldn't get enough of prayer. I I remember coming home and I'm like, God, I don't even know how to pray. Will you teach me how to pray? Mm. Like to that point, and I I was working as a dishwasher. And my shift would be like from one to five. Sometimes it didn't even last from one to five. It would be like from one to three. And putting the pieces of my life back together. And man, I would stay in that room. I would get up at like six in the morning. And I would go get coffee at the come and go. It was only a dollar. It got to the point where those guys knew me. They would be like, oh, you're here for coffee? Go ahead and have it. Yeah. You know, like they were just giving me coffee. <laughs> and I would take it back to my room and I would just sit there and, and drink my coffee and read my word. And I'm like, God, I don't know how to pray. You got to teach me. And, man, the word would come alive to me like never before. And I would get this strength. And I would get this, like, man, just this feeling of refreshing. Like, I would get this thing like I could conquer the world. Mm -hmm. Because at that point in time, that's what I needed. Mm -hmm. At that point in time, I'm battling drug addiction. At that point in time, I'm battling loneliness. At that point in time, like, I literally have nothing Mm -hmm. worth anything. I was battling to live, and, and, like, when I look back on it now, like, man, I would give anything to go back to those times mm. because there was none of the stress. There was nothing that goes on now. <laughs> I didn't have to be nowhere. I didn't have to answer a phone call. I didn't have to, like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't have to do any of those things. But it was like, man, time that I would spend developing a real relationship with my God, like, learning who he is. And learning how, like, not saying that I know how to, like, know all these things. I'm not. It's like every day is a constant journey in in searching of a different part of God. Like, I don't, I never, I think that we can never fully comprehend God. And these are just portions that he would allow me to see. Mm. And when I look back on it now, like, that season of my life was my foundation for the rest of my life. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It makes perfect sense. Yep. That's exactly what I was thinking. And that's like the foundation. That freaking barrenness, that feeling of wanting to give up, that feeling of nowhere to turn, nowhere to go. The people that you felt like would be in a position to help you wouldn't help you. The people that you felt like would never leave you left you. Mm-hmm. The the like all this stuff, right? And coming to the realization like God, this is too much for me. I need you. See, people always say, and, 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 and they mean it with good intentions. They say, God will never give you more than, more than enough. God will never give you more than you can handle. And I'll be, and not to be rude, but I'll say, man, you're a liar because God will always give you more than you can handle because it's only then you realize how much you need to depend on him. 
Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yep. Like when it becomes, when the pressure is too much and it's overburdening and it's like, man, all this madness is going on and you're like, God, tired of doing it on my own. I need you. Yep. And man, he swoops mm. in the room, gives you whatever you're looking for, whether that be strength, whether that be wisdom, not even wisdom, but understanding because you can have the wisdom, right, of mm. something. But it's until you truly understand the thing that you're able to respond how we're able to respond. Mm-hmm. See, we can have all the wisdom in the world. We can be the wisest man in the world. But until we choose to do with that wisdom what we need to do, mm-hmm. we don't truly have understanding. Mm-hmm. So when you have understanding, then you have authority over that thing. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, that was all for free tonight. <laughs> I hope you guys brought your notepads. <laughs> Hold on, repeat pen. that. Let me write that down. <laughs> Where's my pen? If you didn't bring a pen and paper, take out your memo pad in your phone. <laughs> Just press record on your phone. <laughs> no, I like that because, like, for me. I like I looked at it like it was just like a totally different perspective, like just like a perspective shift for me, like you know, because uh, I like to think of it like simple, you know, just kind of like okay, I was go- I was thinking like this, but then like God took my perspective and just kind of shifted it this way. It's like you're looking at it wrong. You gotta look at it like this, and then I was like, oh shoot, not that simple, you know. Like then, then I was able to like move forward. Yeah. Where before it seemed like such a big obstacle, but it took it took God. It took that relationship that I need to establish with God and pursue that relationship and then he just took my perspective, like felt like he just grabbed my head and said, You gotta look at it like this and just moved it over like forty five degrees this way and then I looked at it from that angle and I was like, Oh that's all I had to do, you know? Yeah. And you look back on it and it seems so simple. Yeah. But yet for the better part of my life or our lives, mm-hmm. we handled things and dealt with things a certain way. Yeah. Now just a little shift. And I was like, dang. It's kind of like a safe. Yeah. At my old job, I used to go in the morning and I would open up the safe. But if we were a notch to the left or a notch to the right off, that safe wouldn't open. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You had to get it just right. Just right. And he ain't even trying to preach. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that one we're going to have to charge you for. <laughs> yeah. so that one, up. send in your tithes and send offerings. Tithes and offerings. Word. <laughs> that was worth it. That was a $100 tag. <laughs> it was free up until that one. Yeah. no that was good thank you for sharing that that was really good i'm definitely gonna dissect that as i listen to our podcast um i wanted to go into give our favorite indian here the floor because we passed an important date for him last month but due to the holidays and we had guests we didn't even talk about it so you want to talk about december 20th sir oh (laughs) hey You know, I was just, I was, first I was like, what is this guy talking about? <laughs> but um, I was just now thinking about that, too, when I was listening to Randy, you know, um, 
counting. Yeah. And for me personally, um, I, I forgot about it. The only reason why it came to my mind mm-hmm. was because I, I write down the date on pieces of paper at work. Yeah. And then I, I oh, man, hey, today's the day. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. And then that's when I, I texted you guys and burned. Yeah. Um, but for me personally, like, um, I, I kind of, I kind of, obviously I didn't really keep track of it that much. So I think that uh, on some level, the actual, you know, cause it's eight years, right on. eight years on in December. Get myself a Lulu. The good old neck flaps. Eight years. Hey. But uh, <laughs> guys, I thought you were gonna do your sweat sounds again. <laughs> but uh, like so, um, it's it's not really on my mind. I mean, don't get me wrong; I am absolutely proud of the fact. Mm-hmm. But I don't ever really bring it up, you know, in conversation. Um, and from because for me, um, I heard somebody once say that. You know, you can have uh, three months, three years, 30 years, but in all actuality, I've only been sober since I woke up this morning. Mm-mm. Say, And that, go, that goes back to that one day at a time. So I'm no better than the guy who didn't drink today. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it keeps mm-hmm. me humble. Um, but what I will say is that when I hear the, the newcomers come in and say, hey, man, I got 35 days today. Or I'm in Hell it for yeah. 40, or I'm in it for, you know, this is, this is my 90 days. And that's when I get excited. Yep. That's when I say, yeah, hell yeah, stick with it. Keep going. Keep doing it. Keep working it. Because that's, you know, it, to see them so excited, that reminds me of, yeah, I mean, we have to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. We have to take that first step. We have to take that first day. And then pretty soon, man, it's going to turn into five years, six years, seven years, eight years, ten years. And then before we know it, we're just old and crusty and can't even barely walk. And it's like, man, I've been sober for 60 years. <laughs> 60 years. 60 years. 60 years. You know, but. um, Back when a Coke was a Coke. Back when a Coke was real Coke. <laughs> <laughs> that came out wrong. <laughs> Not that yeah, damn old. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I want to just you know thank you for it, uh, bringing it up, acknowledging it because it is it is something, it's mm-hmm. absolutely something. And then you know I I I I always get a kick out of telling my dad, telling my mom, my daughter, hey man, I got eight years, and they're like, yeah. oh yeah, that's great, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and 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 the other reason why I I, I would always bring it up is because. Again, that old cliche, if I can do it, you can do it, right? Mm-hmm. And, and we all know from whence we came, where we were, and what we were doing, and our lowest point, and the things that we did. And if we can come back from that, then I'm going to tell the next guy, oh, man, I got 60 days. And well, yeah, keep going, because I made it this far. You can do it, too. I know you can do it. Yeah. And and, and But at the same time, you know, I, I really try to keep it, keep it in perspective because um i guess it goes back to kind of what randy was talking about it's like tomorrow we could fall i could fall off mm-hmm. 
I seriously doubt it, but it's possible, right? Yeah. So I have to remain. I have to maintain that humility. I have to maintain that that um, the fact that yes, if I decide to give up my power, then I'm going right back. Yep. From right back to square one, and so, um, yeah, I'm absolutely proud of the fact that and. Now I'm kind of looking forward to 10, so I can say 10 just because it sounds kind of cool. Yeah. but that's a whole um, decade. That's a whole decade, you know, and I never did a decade of anything except for maybe grade school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, and then, and, and also what goes with that is, like, I get to hang out with you guys. Mm-hmm. I get to do this podcast. I get to, you know, share my story as hard as it is sometimes with other people and say, hey, there's hope. There's absolutely hope, and, and you can do this too. Um, and, and I, and all the other things too. Like we we we've talked about this before. Like some a lot of it seems materialistic. Like you know, I I got a car, right? But that's something I've never had before. Yeah. And then all and and to myself, like something that I earned step by step. I got my driver's license back. Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, I was able to save my money and pay for a car. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, that. And, oh, and, and just the other day, I was over at, in the Albertsons and I was coming out and I seen a guy and he came out of the dollar store and he had his backpack and he was putting all his purchases inside his backpack. Mm-hmm. Like, and he was getting ready for, I don't know if he was going to catch the bus or if he was going to start marching or if he had a bike around the corner or what. Yeah. But I looked and I remember doing that at that same place. Yeah. At that same, because there's, hey. there's that little bench looking thing right in front of the dollar store, right? Remember yeah. On Grand. Mm-hmm. And I remember putting my stuff on that thing and trying to figure out how can I fit this in my backpack and get back to my place, right? With my groceries and stuff. Yeah. And I remember doing that. Mm. And, and I just said a prayer. I prayed for him. I was like, you know, God, um, I don't know what this man's situation is. Mm-hmm. But please bless him. You know what he needs. I don't, but I just pray that you bless him. Mm. Because, you know, that's that was me. Yep. And, and things like that, you know, um, mm-hmm. those reminders that how far we've come, you yeah. know. And, mm-hmm. it, and, and nobody really truly knows what we've been through except for each one of us, right? We, yep. can, we, we can relate and we can tell each other and... and I would almost argue that it was the same thing, just kind of different circumstances. Yeah. But, but only we know what we've had to go through to get to this point. Mm-hmm. And I think that should be commended. I think that should be applauded. I think that should be, um, you know, it, it should be shouted out from the rooftops rather than saying, I have to be anonymous. Mm. I have to be anonymous. My struggle has to be anonymous. Yeah. My redemption has to be anonymous. Maybe not that part. Maybe, you know, people like a good redemption story, but then people also like to see you rise up so they can watch you fall. Mm. But I think that if you have the right people around you, you surround yourself with the right people, people with like-minded, you know, like I, I we I walk with God, so I want to walk with people who are doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And walking with God, right? And every time I listen to you guys talk, I learn something. I get something. I go back and I listen to these podcasts, and I'm, even though I'm kind of um 
spellbound or, you know, like, wow, man, that was really good. When I go back and listen to it again, it's almost like, again, like another, just a, just a little twist. Yeah. yeah. I get something else out of it. Mm-hmm. And so that's, you know, and I, and Josiah is always saying it, we get to do this. Yep. Yeah. You know, because I've always said, I don't have to do shit, but stay in and die. Those are the only two things I don't have control over. That'll yep. be our favorite Indian. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't have, I don't even have control over that, but you know, except no substitutes. Yeah, no, I just kind of like one thing that was kind of kept hitting my brain cells as you guys both were talking was that that saying, "Don't count the days, make the days count." There you go. Um, that's definitely what was coming through, and I think that's that's your guys' kind of one of your creeds that you guys live by. Don't count the days, make the days count. <clears throat> um, yeah. <sighs> And and one and one good way to do that is to experience the joy, mm-hmm. the joy in every day. And it's you know that we all know that those tough days are there. Um, but at the same time, there should be joy in the fact that we're not handling it the way we used to. Exactly. Like this walk on the red road is not all sunshines and lollipops. You know, there is that. You know, there's those difficult times, but you don't have to use. We don't have to make it worse. <laughs> and, and, you know, um, the other night when we were, I was sharing at a meeting and I said something, you know, because there's a, there's so many things we can do, right? We can reach out to somebody we trust. We can go to treatment. We can go to IOP. We can <laughs> go, There's so many tools that we can use to keep us on, that, on, the, on the path of uh, walking the red road. So I think what I said was something along the lines of there's a million ways to succeed, but yep. there's only one way to fail, and that's mm. to use. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Very true. So, um, you know, going back to something Josiah is always telling us is that, you know, we relapsed way before we ever take that drink. But in between those two points, there's a million things we can do to avoid that last Mm-hmm. That last number one thing, yeah. that one thing that's gonna take everything away, and that was, and that's that first can, that first shot, that first hit. What's that song called? There's a church song. Remember, it's like talks about like backside doesn't uh, happen in one day. What is it now? Is Sorry. it like a home doesn't fall? Oh, a slow fade, casting oh, crowns. Oh, slow fade, yeah. yeah. I forget how it goes, but yeah, I forget how it goes, but it does. It's like that yeah. too. It like doesn't happen in one day. No, and I think it's like important too. Like when those happen, like you can think those thoughts, you can feel those feelings, but you don't have to go through with what they are. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like just yeah. I think for me, it's an imp- it's important to experience that process, the process yeah. of that. Whatever's going on, whether yes. it be good or bad. Yeah, for sure. And I think, like, <clears throat> feeling your feelings, for me, um, it's a beautiful thing. Whether you're feeling good, bad, or indifferent, it's a beautiful thing. Because, like, for far too long, I denied myself to feel my feelings. And I ran and I, you know, drank over them. I numbed myself with whatever I could, uh, mostly Vodka. So to feel my feelings today, it's a beautiful thing. 
even like yesterday, you know, at the end of the day, I was thankful I was able to go through that. And like, there was like no thought of using. It was just like a thought at the end of the day. I was like, oh, I didn't. Well, at least I didn't use over it. So I told myself, I said, self, good job. You can drink over it today. And I was just like, all right on. And I was like, um, <clears throat> that's just kind of like, uh, what was I? I was going to say something else, but my mind went blank. Uh, oh, yeah, I was going to go back to like, I was about, you know, seven, eight months into walking the red road this time around. And I went through something that like one of my accountability people said that to me. It's like, do you feel, did you think, he's like, now that you've gone through this, did you think about drinking during this whole time? I was like, no. He's like, good job, man. Right on. And he was like, all happy and pumped. So you didn't even think about drinking. He said, you doubt and felt, you felt your feelings through this whole thing. You didn't even think about drinking. I said, no. He's like, man, that's awesome. He's like, you're doing, you're doing the real deal. And I was just like, Oh yeah, and it's just like just like that another shift on my situations, that little different perspective on my situation that I needed to hear in that time, because I was like throwing a pity party at that point. I go, poor me, poor me. Look at me, I have to do this. How come this always happens? And then getting that different perspective was so beautiful, just a beautiful thing. I thought it was pretty cool when you when you first told us about that because I never thought about thought about it like that like yeah and i you're right i never i didn't think about drinking i didn't think about going out and using i didn't think about those things what i did was i felt Mm -hmm. i just felt those feelings and prayed and you know or you know whatever it whatever the case may be um because it even like like i said even even good times you know because that was always a good excuse for me to like all right it's my birthday or you know uh Jesus' birthday. Jesus' birthday. Martin Luther King Day. It's <laughs> two-day, whatever. You know, you're trying to feel good about something. And I think that, I think for me, that was just kind of like a a, a defense mechanism to kind of alleviate some of that guilt and shame. Justify. And justify and rationalize, whatever. To mm-hmm. uh, So I wouldn't have to feel bad. But even then, too, like, I... I mean that's just such that's such a profound thing to say or to think about. Like, man, you're right. I didn't even think about it. Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Um, and I think you know that was good. That was good. Thank you guys for providing your perspective on step one. Thank you guys for broadening it. Broadening it. <laughs> yeah. For broadening your perspective. <laughs> I brung that. <laughs> I brung that. No, it's good. Um, yeah, I think and that, and that um, it's good. You know, that was the first step, but I think one of the biggest steps, because then we finally can get honest with ourselves, for sure. Uh, any closing words on today's episode as we close up episode sixty-three? Sixty-three uh, Taylor Higgins episode. Taylor Higgins. Shout out to you. Whoever that is. Yeah, whoever that is. Uh, Taylor Higgins? Yeah. Who's that? I don't know. I just... <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to remember those names he was saying at the beginning, and oh, I couldn't, man. so that's what came out, Taylor uh, Higgins. Taylor Higgins, shout out to you. <laughs> <laughs> wherever you may be. Yeah, wherever you are in life. <laughs> All right, well... I think that's a wrap. Are any closing words? Ever you may be in life, Taylor Higgins. (laughs) Taylor Higgins. 
I just want to give a shout out and our prayer requests out there to all those that are, you know, brokenhearted, dealing with some grief. It's difficult, you know, and I just went through yesterday. It was pretty hard. And so, you know, if you're out there dealing with some grief, definitely please reach out, pray, um, reach out to your pastor, reach out to your medicine man, reach out to your counselor, reach out to somebody um, and get, you know, get that out. If you're in yes. Montana, get to a talking circle. Smudge and pray. Share that with the circle. Um, don't isolate and don't just try to feel that on your own. And there's a pretty good podcast I know of you can listen to. <laughs> Unspoken words. Unspoken words. Yeah, I heard they're pretty good. Yeah, Unspoken words. They're all right. A native right. podcast. Yeah. They had their moments. <laughs> yes, sir. That's uh, that's some good stuff, though, because, you know, just kind of wanted to shout out my boy Darwin Mark, man. You know, mm-hmm. he's like... It's tough. Yep. Rest one in of, peace, brother. Yeah, one of my good friends. And it's tough, man. You know, but feel what you're feeling and, and get through it. Um, and the best thing about it is you don't have to use. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just thankful, honored to have a friend like that. Um, funny story. Uh, it was early in the morning. When I was moving houses, and I woke up and I opened up the door and <laughs> I see Darwin's little gray Kia coming, pulling up. I see, yeah, check these guys out. It's like first thing in the morning. I'm like, what do you guys do there? He's like, we're here to help you move. Let's go. <laughs> you know, like I wasn't even ready, so we grabbed all the big stuff, you know, TV, um, bookshelf. <laughs> Bookshelf, desk, everything, books, man, we packed everything up and man, we loaded it up and moved it to my new house. And but but I'm thankful for that. You know, I I heard somebody say, You wanna find out who your friend your real friends are, tell them you're moving. <laughs> <laughs> but to see Darwin and Fred show up like that, um, I think he actually came into our office too and checked it out one day. Remember we had sushi? We had that big old sushi tray. Oh, okay. Oh, is that him? Yeah, that's him. Uh, I wasn't here that time. I wasn't yeah. here yet. All right, I remember that. Yeah, yeah that, that that's was the him. One you got from uh, almost a shop. Sam's Club. Yeah, Sam's Club. Sam Club. Yeah, we, we broke bread in here. Remember? Yeah. And and that, just well, tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's that, like that, one of my friends that you you literally like, and I'm not exaggerating, but like you literally talk to every day. Mm. Someone missed because he was an early bird and I was an early bird and. Sometimes he's getting off his his work and he'll call me and, you know, things like that. Like, I'm going to miss that. Cherish it. Mm -hmm. Die your people. You love them, man. That's something that I really am thankful for because last time I talked to him was a couple weeks ago. And my bro, I love you, man. I'm praying for you. And he was like, thank you. I love you, too. Mm. And for friends and grown men to say that to each other, man, it's it's powerful because you he uh, stopped living yesterday. So, yeah. shout out Darwin Mark, man. I miss you, man. I love you. Thank you for being my friend. Yes, sir. Rest in peace. And as we close up to close up episode sixty three here on unspoken words, you know, just prayers out there for all those that are grieving, those that have lost people recently in this past year, and you know, definitely seek help and reach out. 
And with that, we're signing off from here on Spoken Words. Peace out. We'll see you next week. Shinook. Billy Graham style. Billy Graham style, Holmes. What's up, Holler at your boy? This is your favorite Indian, JCB. Hey, yo, it's Randy B, a.k.a. Pod Gotti. Yo, Josiah Mo Fire, a.k.a. Mo Hugs, Not Drugs. Thanks for tuning in. Peace.